Mary was putting together the camp book. She had sent me a text wanting some information, and she wanted a, a brief few, two words, what she asked for. And I had to remind her, says, you're asking a preacher. <clears throat> no preacher can give it to you in two words. I said, you have to settle for three. Uh, talking to Pat and the Daniel family this afternoon and about the service tomorrow, and their request was make it short and sweet. I said, you're talking about Jimmy Daniel, and you think I'm going to keep that short and sweet? Uh, we live in life, and I greatly appreciate Ben. Appreciate all those that lead to singing. Greatly appreciate them that lead to singing. Keeps me out of it. But I greatly appreciate Ben and his selection of songs. He has a good knack of selecting songs to go along with the lesson. And, and in essence, he gave the lesson in the songs if you listen to the words. Uh, we're talking about sufferings, God's instrument for growth. The songs we sung is that indication of, of exactly how that is done. We're reminded by in Ephesians 5.19 as well as Colossians 3.16 that we teach and we admonish one another in our psalms and our hymns and our spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our hearts unto the Lord. But we teach and we admonish one another through the songs that we sing of learning as we spent a week working with the students at camp, wondering, asking the, that question, why do bad things happen to good people? And why do good things happen to bad people? Age-old question that man has asked for generations. And sometimes it's because we have the wrong definition or the wrong understanding of what is bad. It is usually from our perspective. Growing up at times when <clears throat> some of us grew up, some of us still working at it, but when we grew up and we had done something that wasn't correct, we were corrected by our parents. And I know I heard, and I heard others make the statement of a parent saying, This hurts me more than it hurts you. To have to correct you this way. I made the one mistake of saying then there's no reason for both of us to hurt. If it hurt you, don't bother to hurt me. Uh, Dad did not like that. And uh, the, the consequence was a little more intense. But I'm simply saying, I may have viewed that as bad. But was it? Was it bad? The Hebrew writer would tell us in chapter 12 that whom the Lord loves, he corrects, he chastens. He corrects because he knows what is best. And what may appear to be us to be bad, in essence, works for our good. Make the correction, make the change, do God's will, and eternal life indeed shall be yours. If we listen to the songs again, Jesus is all 
the world to me. If he's all the world to you, then you're not as concerned about what comes your way because you know God is with you. He strengthens you. If he's all the world to me, he's greater than the world. And so there's nothing that the world can do to me. My imagination says otherwise. God says no. The world cannot touch you. If Jesus is all the world to you. You understand very plainly, very clearly. We know it from life itself without God. That there is a beginning of our days and there is an end of our days. And they may come at any given moment without any warning at all. And so we need to remind us too as periodically of understanding. That we need to not become so attached to the things of this world that we forget God. Health comes and goes, does it not? What we may consider healthy at this age, we would not have considered healthy at a younger age. Or at a later age, whatever it is, I'm simply saying we're learning or we need to learn to make this separation. Things that are good, individuals are things that we see as bad, oftentimes indeed has worked out for good. We need to be reminded of those things. Talking to one individual recently, we were talking about the need to provide for family. And so he had a very successful business. Made a lot of money. But he was on the road about 288 days out of the year. Providing for his family. And he said, you know what changed my mind? My 12-year-old boy telling me one day, Dad, I need you at home. So the father changed his occupation. Started a new work. So that he could be home at a time when his son needed him at home. So what's important? What provisions are we wanting to make? The physical or the spiritual? And how does it work out within our life? Be with me, Lord. We're singing that. We're teaching one another. We're asking one another. We're asking God, be with me, Lord. Do we believe he is not? Do you believe he does not walk with us each step that we take? Do we not believe Psalm 23? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Read the psalm. Be with me, Lord. If he's walking with me, what do I have to fear? 
I want the physical presence. No, I don't need, I do not need that. But that's what we're looking for at times. And I need to know that he is there in my, in our life. And then once I learn this, Jesus being all the world to me. And when I learn that I'm asking him to be with me each step that I take. Then that does lead into the next song. I must tell Jesus. Talk with him. Share with him. And then Jesus hold my hand. How well do we do on those things? Do we understand what we're asking in our singing? Enough to live it within our life. Paul in Philippians 3, verses 7 through 11. But what things were gained to me, these things I counted lost for Christ. Again, we understand that. The things that we count for gain, what are they really? All the things that we've collected. Recently somebody sold off. Saying they're just what? Things. Just things. Oh, they got some sentimental value to them. But they're still just things. We learn to make that separation. The things that we thought were gain. Down through the family history at times, I've collected a few things. I've got some sheepskin diplomas from different universities. One from the University of Michigan and one from another university. At the time when they put them on sheepskin, <laughs> instead of this parchment paper nowadays, whatever it is. Whatever that person went through to get that is long, long, long gone. And what does that mean? I see a name. Well, that was my grandmother's name. But what does that really mean? What value is it? Where does it place in my life? The things that we pursue and want to achieve and to gain, what do they mean? We are like uh, the children at camp. Provided a book for them, encouraged them to write in it, to take it home, to read it from time to time and get lessons out of it. We provided some certificates for one reason or another, ribbons for one reason or another. You know what happened to a portion of those? I don't say how many of them, I don't know for sure, but you know what happened to a portion of those? The books were in the trash cans, the ribbons were under the bed, they left them. Some of them brought them home on the bus when we came home and we got off the bus, we cleaned the bus out and they were under the seats, books torn apart. So what does it all mean? The things that we think that we need to pursue, where do they fit in our life? Paul says, whatever was gained to me, being a Pharisee of the Pharisees, being well-educated, being probably a member of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish High Council, good reputation in the community. For the sake of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, I count these things but loss. They really do not matter. Pick up a book of records, individual events down through the years, who got first, second, third, and so on and so forth. 
down through the years, that record just gets longer and longer and longer, and what difference does it really make? They always will tell you records are made to be broken. Somebody will set a record, and it won't be long before somebody will break that. Here's a record that's been set that will never be broken, and guess what? It's been broken. <laughs> so another one is set. Well, that one won't be broken, and guess what? It's been broken. There are individuals doing things that others, individuals down through the years have never been able to achieve. All of that again saying, when you die, the only thing you take with you is your soul. The rest of it stays behind. Where are you placing your value in your life? I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. That's what matters. Not to know about him. Yea, he lived in Jerusalem and taught in that area, Galilee. But do you know him? To know Christ Jesus, the, the excellent of that knowledge, his death for my sins, the agony that he went through for my sins. We can look at the cross and one again from one perspective and say, oh, how horrible, horrible that was. Oh, but without that, there would be no blessings. We do it in the physical life. Several are going through procedures. Several will have procedures down through time. Several will have some health problems and need to have surgery for those. The pain is saying something isn't where it ought to be. Something needs to be changed. Sometimes that happens to us in our life. We can get be become very attached to what we have. In the physical realm, as Christians, that we forget that's just things. I'm looking for that which is eternal, that will indeed see me into heaven. And I can suffer the loss of all things. That happens to those who aren't Christians in the first place. Remember years ago, when I was preaching for a small congregation, we drove out there every Sunday to, to preach for this little congregation when I was going to school. And we watched a house for about a year or two being built about three years the way we went. They imported the rafters from lumber in Oregon. Had the shaped and made in Oregon, transported them to Arkansas. I forget all the other details that went along in this house. It took them several years to get this house built. Got it all built, setting up there. They went into Little Rock to celebrate one day. They came home and guess what? The only thing standing was the chimney. It burnt to the ground. Everything burnt to the ground. They're just things. But that was her pride and joy. Despite what Jerry has in his wallet about pride and joy. <clears throat> that was their pride and joy. How long did it last? I really have joy in Jesus Christ. I really have confidence. I won't say pride, I'll say confidence that heaven is home and that I'm going home one day. And I need to be reminded of that in my life. I count them as rubbish that I may know Christ. All the things that I cherish, 
If I lose my soul, what have I gained? doesn't matter if I lose salvation. And I need to have that reminder given to me in the life that I live. Of what am I pursuing? Am I pursuing that which will lead to eternal life one day? That's why as we get there towards the end, we're going to sing, Bring Christ your broken life, so marred by sin. He'll create anew and make whole again. So things that we go through in life, the sufferings. So many times we've learned so many good things out of them. We talked a little bit about that in the Bible class this morning in the auditorium. I mentioned, I mentioned a family whose house completely burned to the ground and they lost everything in it. And we were talking about it, I said, what did, excuse me, <coughs> camp too much. What did they learn? Losing the house, everything in it. What did they learn? And I asked several questions, several responses came up, several more responses came up, several more responses came up. And, it, and I tell them, uh, I tell you at times, you know I'm looking for one answer. You haven't given it yet, so I keep asking the question until you give me the answer that I want to hear. And the answer is they learned they had a spiritual family that cared and loved them and chipped in to help them. May not have known that before, but they knew it then. See, what we see as bad, Losing everything. Having to start over. Yes, they can have the insurance and rebuild and so on and so forth. But to lose everything, we think as bad. Why do bad things happen? That's one of the questions that was asked at camp. Why does bad things happen? Because we had some boys there who went through that situation. So that was bothering them. So we spent some time on that. What we see as bad is not necessarily bad. As it is in the physical realm. When something happens, there's a reason why it's happening. <clears throat> human beings have the tendency, I don't know about you, but this human being has the tendency to want to put things off. I'm happy with seeing the doctor once a year, and I think that's too many times. I'm just glad to walk in, tell him how I feel and what I'm thinking about, and walk back out. <clears throat> and he said, I'll let you back out, but you've got to come back. But I'm just simply saying, we've put it off. It's hurting a little bit. I'll just let it go for a while. It's hurting some more. I'm going to let it go for a little while. And then it's more dangerous. Pain, suffering is not always bad. They're warning signs. Something's not right. Spiritually, that happens to us. And we try to correct it. We try to spend time, lessons, Bible classes, fellowship with one another. To help us to realize the value we are to each other. And the confidence and the hope that we give to each other. And ultimately, do we have it with Christ? I want to be found in him, not having my own righteousness. Mine are just like filthy rags. It's Christ. It ought to be Christ living in us. And if Christ is living in us, why do we let things get us down? He walks with me. He talks with me. Through his word. Let me get that straight before somebody takes the wrong impression on that. Through his word. I'm guided through his word. 
I'm given the comfort that I need through his word and the, and the family that he's given to me. And so I'm learn, we learn from each other. Learn from the, the ability to, to keep on going. That God is still there and cares for his people. We want, we want the righteousness which is in, by faith in Christ Jesus. Which is from God. I want that type of righteousness. I'd want to live away in such a way that God would be pleased with his child. And I know that as children, sometimes we spend a great deal, great deal of time overemphasizing our weaknesses. Oh, mom and dad are not going to love me when, I, when they hear about this. Never knowing how much mom and dad do love them. And do accept them. And does work with them. As God does with us. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to know the fellowship of his sufferings. I haven't suffered at all in comparison to what Jesus went through. That has been suffering, inconveniences at times. Sometimes it's lifelong inconveniences. But I'm reminded so many times this world isn't home. I'm just passing through. I've got a better home in store, and I long for that home. And it's a home that is open for all. But it is for those who love God and are willing to do his will. And who see Christianity not as something that has to be done, but something that you love living. Every once in a while I'm told by individuals I, don't, I do not need to do what I'm doing, helping them. And I have used my answer usually is there are very, very few things that I do because I have to do them. There are a lot of things that I do because I love doing them. There's a difference. There's a difference. Loving God, serving God, what else would you want? Go through trials, he's there with me. At times that is what teaches me to trust him more. Where could I go but to the Lord? Time I sing a song, I think, but why do we wait for him to be the last choice? I mean, I tried everything else and it hasn't worked. So where else could I go? I'll go to the Lord. I had to go to the Lord to begin with. And to know that he's there. He knows exactly what I'm going through. He knows exactly how I feel. He knows that agony. You ever had it? My God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Why has this happened? What's wrong? What did I do wrong? Why have you forsaken me? 
And God has never forsaken us, never forsaken us. Sometimes it takes something to get us to turn around, head back in the right direction again. But again, take those words that we've been singing. Take them to heart. Learn the lessons from them and apply it. Take time to read God's word. See what it is that he would have you to do. One, to become a child of God. And one or two, then how to live as a child of God. And three, what to do if you falter along the way. He's there. And he will help. Bring Christ to your broken life. So marred by sin. He will create anew and make whole again. He can create a new life and he can make an old life whole again. That's wandered back into sin. God is there. The invitation is there. It's always open. It is a time that we've offered at this time for one to be able to make a decision to make a life right with God. And if it's not, and if we could assist you, if we could help you in that decision, indeed we would bid you to come as together we stand and sing.